Fungo Banter fans, back for another episode of your Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter podcast. I am Eric Sorensen here in Big Country Studios, still in Ellensburg, Washington. A little breezy out there today, fellas. Glad to be in here with you guys doing this. Today, we're about to bring on Jason and Kelly to join us. But our guest this week, Clackamas High School head coach, John Arnson. Guys, a great episode. It is awesome. Make sure you get a chance to check this one out. Share it with a friend. Let everybody know about this dives into a great inspirational story um and how he you know overcoming things in life and i'll let him explain that a little bit later on and we also talk about fundraising and how to build your program and facilities along the way guys you got to keep a lookout we got some swag being released here this week some giveaways we got someone sponsoring us fellas the first sponsorship safeguard now to pasco go to www.safeguard.com give them a call 509 547 one seven one four. You'll see some of the the swag that we hang out. That's from these guys. So give Dan Cruz and a call if your team needs some apparel and you guys need to get hooked up with looking good on the field. Give them a holler. Check them out. Podcast sponsorship here. We're excited. Please get on Facebook, Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter, on Twitter at Fungo Banter PNW. Please get on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. We really appreciate that. We're on Google Podcast, Spotify, and all of the above. And let everybody know. You know what? That's enough for me. Let's bring on Coach. Well, hey, Fungo Banter fans, back with our guest for this week, John Arnston, head coach at Clackamas High School. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. It's an honor. We're super excited. You know, our first Oregon high school coach. Uh, thank you so much. And first off, the hard-hitting question we ask everybody, what's your favorite fungo? That, that's a tough question, too. Um, I actually had to look it up because we ordered a couple last year. It's, uh, I think they're, it's the Brett fungo, maybe Brett Bros fungo. Um, mm-hmm. We ordered them last year, kind of smaller ones. I, I like them. They're, they're easy to handle. Beautiful. Coach, talk about your, uh, talk about your path in, in baseball you know, as a player, as a, as a young coach, and obviously did some things right to get you to a position where you're now head coach at, at Clackamas High School. Talk about that, that transformation for you as that, as that player, and maybe what, what got you into to where you're at today. Yeah, yeah. So um, kind of a different path for me. I grew up in Montana, and uh, I don't know if everybody realizes, but there's not high school baseball out in Montana, so it's, it's kind of a, a different world there. Um, very much a football state. And, um, I, I was kind of, a, you know, I, I liked baseball. So, uh, coming out of high school, um, I had a couple offers to play small college football, but really wanted to play baseball, had some JC offers for baseball. And then a school I'd never even heard of Jamestown college. It's out in Jamestown, North Dakota. Um, they, I don't know, I don't even know for sure how they found me, but, um, they came out and, and I met with them and they offered me a, a pretty nice scholarship to do both to play football and baseball. And, uh, that's what sold me just the opportunity to do both. So I ended up going out there for a year, um, battled some injuries in football, kind of tried to focus just on baseball there and then ended up hurting my knee partway through the season in baseball. <clears throat> and that was kind of it for me. I'd battled some injuries. And I think at that point I realized my playing days maybe needed to be behind me and, and move on to, to coaching. So um, I, I went back home to, to Great Falls, Montana, where I grew up, and I was actually umpiring uh, Little League baseball games, and my cousin was pitching it in a game, and I was the, the base umpire, and he just kept throwing fastballs, and I'm like, dude, you got you to gotta throw a curveball here or do something, and <laughs> so I was kind of helping him as I was umping when I was, when I was right behind <laughs> him, he had a guy on base, and anyway, long story short, um, they roped me into coaching some little league baseball and, and that's, that's kind of how I got started. And then I started coaching Legion baseball in great falls. I did that for three years and graduated. I, I transferred to the university of Montana um, and graduated from there. And, and I knew, I mean, I was in, I was hooked the first time I started coaching, I knew I was in. So um, I wanted, I got my degree uh, to be a teacher, teach social studies. 
and I wanted to coach high school baseball. So I, I looked west. I didn't want to go back to North Dakota. So I was looking <laughs> at Washington, Idaho, Oregon. And we had some family friends out here in Clackamas. And they told me that the baseball job was open. And so I was 24 years old, wow. applied for the head job and got it. I'd been a, wow. I'd been a Legion A head coach for two years and an assistant double A coach for one year. And they took a chance on a, a young guy from Montana. <laughs> Beautiful. That's wow. so awesome. You know, coach, I was, I was lucky enough. I got to watch you speak in Portland uh, well, you did. a couple of years ago. Yeah. And you know, I was, I was, I was and part of the question I want to ask you now, and I saw it and I, it blew my mind from a really small high school in, in Washington, right? That was my second or third year as a coach. And here you're talking about your fundraising efforts in your, in your community. And then you right. talk about your field, you have a turf field lights and you guys fundraise for all that. If I remember right. We did. And, and it, it turned my, uh, for me, you know, in our community, it's a lot of like, well, why would you want to do that? And it turned okay. me into like, no, we should, we should, we can do this. And we, you know, we turfed our, because of that, we have turf batting cages, bullpens and stuff now. So just having that mentality, I thought was awesome. And, and talk to us a little bit about how you guys have built that in your fundraising and the facilities that you have at Clackamas. Yeah. We were, um, we were in a league, the three rivers league, which is, it's a six, a league. And a lot of the schools in our league, um, had really good facilities. Lake Oswego had a full turf field. West Lynn did. And that was kind of the big push is we wanted to compete with those programs. And we were, we, we got to the point where baseball wise, we're on par with them, but facility wise, we weren't. And believe it or not, we had a, it was a, a booster meeting. We had kind of a small booster club at that time. And I was kind of pissed. And I went into the meeting. I said, you know what? I said, we, we need to have a turf field. If we're going to compete with LO and Westland, we need to have a turf field. And as I was saying this, all of these dads kind of sitting in the front shaking their heads. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We do. And as luck would have it, one of the dads is an engineer and had done some of the other fields. And so we, we kind of got the idea going from there. And we came up with the idea of doing a crab feed and auction. We'd kind of heard of some other programs doing that. And again, a, a lot of this is luck and, and some really good people around us. But we had a, another a mom who had run a bunch of youth, uh, youth elementary school auctions. So she had a lot of experience with it. So we put this crab, we knew it, we had a connection with crab, crab and we put it all together. And our goal was to hopefully make about $20,000. The first one, I think we made 60,000, oh, Wow, which was unbelievable. <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, this is going to happen. We can do this turf, you know, if we do this for five years. So the next year, the, the, the event's fun. That, that's to me, that's the key is you got to do something that's fun. Um, it, I, I'll, I'm saying, I'll say this on the air. <laughs> it really helps to have people get some drinks in them and yep. loosen up. <laughs> But having the, the other thing that's huge, I think, is when we did stuff, we put up a picture of our field, like we, we photoshopped it with turf. So people could see it. There was, there was something out that they could visually see. This is what we're raising money for. It's not just uniforms and equipment and this and that. This is, this is what we want. Um, the second year, we were 90,000. The next three year, years after that, we're, we're at or just a little over 100,000. So we turfed the, the infield only. We did the infield and apron for about 200,000. And then, you know, we had all that momentum going. We kept doing it. We went after the lights. And a couple of years later, we got lights on the field. We turfed our bullpen. And um, it's been awesome. We're still, you know, we're, we're eight years into it. And we're still doing the, it's, that's kind of our big fundraiser. That's what we do. But it's, it's a lot of work. Um, I, you know, what I learned, my advice, I think with these fundraisers, instead of, collecting cans here and washing cars and doing these little things is find a big time, you know, whether it's a golf tournament, it's a, it's a crab feed, it's a casino night and put some time into it, spend it and make it big and put your, instead of doing all these little things, make one big, huge one. And then the other thing is having that thing out there. What is it you really want? But, you know, I didn't think we were going to be able to put turf and M lights on our field in, in seven years. Um, but it's, it's amazing what's happened. This, this is a really good community. It's, they've been super supportive. Well, and I think something like that, like you said, in that community, it's something that the community members, I feel like in, in those tight knit communities, they take pride in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The you know, I mean, it's, um, it, it but I, like you said, I think there's a lot of communities like that. They rally around their high school. Um, and they, you know, 
part of it was was pushing them to we want to compete with these other these other places and they've got nice facilities those types of things and it was a little bit of challenging them a little bit hey aren't we as good as them but let's be on par with them and they were yeah you're right we should be and so that that helped a little bit yeah you know coach that's so true you know and, and giving something a little bit unique too for the players you know and back in 2016 at tri-city prep we didn't have a we just had an open field of grass and uh, we had our softball field kind of on the opposite end, but we had a parcel of land just to the right of the, our, kind of our both playing fields that was vacant. And so the plan was we were gonna move the softball field over and then start renovating the baseball field. And, you know, the thing is, is when we started that project, we wanted to do something really unique and real attractive for the kids. And, uh, and that was one of the things is that we wanted to put a clubhouse, you know, not a lot of high schools have their own very own clubhouse. We had a, a, a consistent, Kids are practicing, coming into school. Janitor's ticked off because she's like, I just cleaned all this dirt and grass and I'm getting chewed up at the AD that, hey, you guys got to watch it. You know, you guys you need to clean up your cleats a little bit better. And so I got to the point when we started this project, I said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of it. And so we put a clubhouse in and we got a little coach's office and, you know, TV and a mini fridge, <laughs> you yeah. know. But the thing is, is it's, it, 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 they tell their friends, you know, like, you know, and actually Eric's been in it, um, you know, and it's just kind of a, it's a real good selling point of your school when you have things like that, a real souped up, man. Well, and, and we kind of have the same thing. We have an indoor hitting facility that the district actually did that for us, but we did the same thing. We put a clubhouse in there and what, what I do, I think it, it works in two ways is in the evenings, I open it up to the youth. I want the youth kids in there hitting as much as yeah. possible, but on the outside of it where the kids walk by, I have like all of our awards over the years and the kids' names. So I want youth kids to walk in there and say, I want my name up there one day. I want to be up there one day. And when I'm there, I leave the clubhouse open so those kids can walk in and see it. And to me, it, it makes them want to play baseball. You know, I, I want to play for Clackamas. I want to, I want to stay with baseball. And, you know, you get some good athletes who are getting pulled different directions, whether it's football, basketball, and they walk in there, see that and think, man, I want to be part of this. This is something special. Yeah, that's, you know, we oh, go ahead, Jason. Go, oh, I was just going to say, John, is that, you know, we did a, um, a 400 club and uh, Eric and Kelly have seen that both. And on our wall, we have all our players who finished the season of both an average of 400 above, they get their name. Well, I've had, that, I started doing that in 2010 when I was just starting to take over there at prep. And I've had kids from that 10, 11 year, they come in and that's almost 10 years. It's actually 10 years now. It's crazy to think, but they come in, they see their name on them, and then they see their average that year. Yeah. And, it, you know, some guys are four-year, you know, over 400-plus hitters, you know. And, of course, we have a limitation, a minimum bat they got to have in order to get on there. But it, you're right. To see the names and then bring their children in there to see yeah. that, I mean, that that's really cool. I'm giggling because we have the exact same thing. And I, actually, <laughs> I started as a 350, and I got rid of 350 and changed it to 400. So I caught some grief. There was a few guys who got off the board. They're not happy about it. But I was fortunate. The coach before me, a guy named Gary Baton, um, he was at Clackamas for like 20, 23 years or something. And he had a book with all the averages. So I was able to pull some. So I've, I've got a guy up there from 1962. Oh, wow. wow. It's kind of cool. Yeah. That's real cool. Yeah. Wow. You know, the other thing you talked about there a little bit was having the, the youth and the people right. coming through that. And how how critical has that been to your program? You know, uh, To building... me, that's the key to, our, to the success we've had. We, we've been really fortunate. I mean, I've I've had some great coaches with me. I got I got great guys. We've had some great kids come through the program who are just really good baseball players. But I, I really think the key to it all is kind of once we got that big house built and we had the youth kids – instead of just coming in for a week long camp in the summer and maybe a couple, we had them all the time. They were constantly coming in and interacting with them. And I, I really think that's what built our program is, is getting into the youth and, and, you know, even just that they're using the same verbiage and doing some of the same bunt defenses and some of those types of things. Um, you know, you hear a lot about that, like with football programs, we got around the same offense and same defense. And we were kind of doing the same thing from the baseball perspective. And I, I really think that's where we started to take off. I think the big thing too, coach, is I, I remember being a young, young guy and, and fortunate. My high school's always had lights, even back to when I was a kindergartner. So just seeing that kind of big thing down, down below from where our house was and seeing the bright lights down there and going, going down and, and you hear it everywhere that 
the guys look like giants, right? They're like these <laughs> above human being type people on a field. It's like going to your first Mariners game, right? professional game. You walk out there and it's just this awe-inspiring thing. You know, when you put together production like that, where you got uh, lights and, and a turf field and, and something that's always going to be ripping and roaring, it really puts a, a great um, really perspective around your program. I, my high school had a hillside that would fill up at night and, and it, like you said, for the young guys, it was, it was something that they always inspired to be. I want to be a part of that. I want to do that. I want to be that guy. Um, we did a, a spring summer camp or a spring camp where we brought them out during spring break and they got to be a part of it and be around all of us. Um, but yeah, the more you can involve the people in your area and your community, um, it just leaves that lasting impression. You know, I'm sure you open it up to some other outside groups. Other people are able to be out there. Um, it really creates that kind of central location within a community for it, for it to take off. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're totally right. It definitely does. Well, coach, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, where you guys were at with the, the, when the shutdown kind of took place. I know we talked to Jake Chandler from Capitol High School a few weeks ago, and he kind of gave an update of things in the state of Idaho. You're our first high school baseball coach to be on the PNW here with us today. And so I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit, where were you guys at when the shutdown took place? Uh, where kind of things are at with the state of Oregon? Right. For right. high school baseball. I know we're pretty much done for the season, but where's, you know, what's summer ball looking like? And, and then also I want to kind of follow up with at the tail end is, are you still kind of get stay in contact with your guys and how are you kind of doing that right yeah. now? Yeah. So we were, um, we were two weeks into it, hadn't started, hadn't played any. I think, I think it was that Friday that they shut us down and we had our first game that Monday. So, you know, we'd been in for two weeks, picked our teams, just handed out uniforms, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and got shut down that, I think it was a th that Friday during school, they said there'll be no extracurricular activities, whatever. And, you know, at that time, we didn't know if it was going to be a week or I, I had no idea in my mind at that time that, that was going to wipe out the high school season and potentially summer. That was the last thing on my mind, but, um, you know, it, it, it was tough. Um, you know, just, just, especially like the senior kids, we have, we have five seniors, which is kind of a small number for us, but three of those guys, this was their first year playing varsity. They were program guys. They'd fought their way and this, you know, kind of earned their opportunity. Um, so once we kind of realized this was going longer, man, it was, it was tough to let those guys know. Um, and, you know, I, in Oregon, a lot of it's been, th this is where we're at for a month. Like when they first shut it down, they said, you're done. We're done till April 30th or something like that. And then as we got closer to that, it's like, okay, now it's, it's gone further out, further out. And then eventually they said, you know, the season's over. And that was, man, that, that was tough. That was really tough for all of our kids. But again, particularly our seniors, you know, I just, I feel so bad for those guys. Um, Right now, we're still in a little bit of limbo. In fact, they, our, our OSA just had a meeting today and sent out a memo. And basically what it says is all of our facilities, high school facilities are closed until June 30th. Mm. And from there, when it does reopen, it's, they got it from the NFHS and it's kind of in phases. Phase one is very minimal. You're basically kind of hitting off tees. I'm not even sure you can play catch in that phase. Then it goes to phase two, phase three. It isn't until phase three that we can play games. And I, I have no idea how long a phase is. But, you know, if we can't, if we can't start till June 30th, depending on how long these phases are, it, it potentially that could end our summer ball season. I, that's, that's, we need to get some clarification on that still. That, you know, I've, I didn't even think about that aspect of things. You know, we had small schools. We had seniors that they've been building for this was kind of the successful year for us. But I didn't even think about the high school seniors that – this is their varsity season. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's too bad. Yeah. It's tough. How have you guys been doing all along? I mean, you've been able to stay in contact with them. Are you guys doing zoom meetings or. Yeah. You know, we're, we're more um, kind of, we, we've got some like text apps that we use like remind one-on-one, some of that. Um, I've got my own little kind of chat with my senior guys. And then I've got a thing with my varsity and then all the kids. So I've been trying to communicate with my seniors probably, probably on a weekly basis, um, you know, just making sure they're doing all right. But, but all the kids, you know, kind of checking in and then emailing, sending emails to the kids and to the parents. Um, 
I've, I've been really impressed with, with all the kids. They've, you know, they're, they're disappointed, but almost all, you know, they're like, you know, this sucks coach. It's, it's hard, but, but we're going to get through it. We're, you know, we're doing the best we can. It is what it is kind of thing. So coach, we've talked with uh, kind of Washington area guys and, I know there's some momentum going towards that, but I think one of the biggest downfalls of this deal is just the recruiting process for us as, as college coaches. We've talked about the value in, in high school athletics and how a lot of us like to go to those games just because there's a little bit more on the line. There's more pressure. Guys are feeling that. Um, but as this trickles into summer ball now, it's, it's going to limit some of that impact too. So right. has there kind of been any communications that you've had with, with area people down there or maybe organizations down there to – maybe try to create some opportunities for those guys to get seen this summer? You know, I haven't heard a ton of it. Um, I, I know that I'm sure you guys are familiar with baseball Northwest. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I know they just sent out some emails. I think it was today. They kind of sent them out to kids and they're planning to do um, one of those prospect evaluations. It was, I think it was middle of June. Um, so hopefully that's going to happen. That's going to get those kids some of the exposure. Cause it, you're, you're right. It's tough. Not, not having the college coaches come out and see the high school games and especially the summer, you know, I think mm -hmm. the college guys, a lot of them probably see more in the summer because they're so busy during the high school season. Right. So we, we run a big tournament ourselves. We call it the diamond classic and we bring in about 16 different teams. We have a couple teams from Australia come up and play. Huh. Um, it's, it's really cool tournament. We get a ton of college coaches and some pro scouts come and see it. And I'm right now it's, it's scheduled for July 11th. And you know, if we can't start till July 1st, I, that thing's probably shot. So it's, it's going to be tough. Definitely tough. And, and, and I guess I didn't do enough background. Do you guys run a Legion program within your organization or do you send your guys off to other uh, organizations? We coach, we all coach our own guys kind of in the okay. metro area. Um, we played Legion for a while and what was happening was like a lot of the other areas were kind of combining and we wanted to coach just our high school kids. So we formed at first, it was called the OIBA, the Oregon, mm -hmm independent baseball association um and it's you know it's basically like kind of my next year varsity a few guys will keep some of their seniors a lot of the senior kids that want to keep playing will go join a club team go play somewhere there but, but some of them play in the league um so that's that's kind of where we've been i think oh maybe the last eight or ten years down kind of in the portland metro area some of the other oregon schools are still doing legion i guess my follow-up would be uh I know they've talked a lot about baseball up here with with not a ton of opportunities and certain teams looking to go maybe do other things out of area. If Idaho's open, we're going to bring a team over there. Or if Montana's open, we're going to bring a team over there. Is there any worry, I guess, from your perspective of, of guys kind of getting away from, from Clackamas baseball and, and maybe going out and trying to do their own things and opening the floodgates for guys to go away from kind of the tradition that you start to build there? Yeah, you know, um, that's a really good question. I, I haven't I haven't heard a lot about it yet, but I think everybody's been kind of sitting in limbo waiting. I think mm -hmm. now that we, we maybe get some answers here, that that potential's out there. We actually had a trip planned where we were coming coming into uh, Washington, Idaho, and Montana, and um, going to work our way back, do the same thing playing. That's kind of how I got, got in touch with Jared there to get this thing rolling. So. <laughs> Part of me is like, if we can't play here, can we still go do that trip? Because I know they're playing in Idaho and I know they're playing <laughs> yeah. in Montana. So I don't know. I mean, it's um, I, I I'm at that point now where I just I'd like some answers. I'm mm -hmm. kind of tired of them just pushing things out and just just tell us what can we do. That's so hard because I had I talked to some parents today. Like, hey, are you going to run a summer program? I was like, hey, what's what's the governor going to do? Can we even we can't be on the high school field? There's no public fields here, and and so mm -hmm. it's like. I, I'm with you, man. The, the the uncertainty is just it's not easy right now. Yeah, I I, I was just talking to a buddy, another coach before I got on here with you guys, and and he made the comment. And I kind of agree with him. He's like, I almost rather wish they would have came out today and said we're done. Right. At least we know. Versus, mm -hmm. yeah. it's so hard to keep telling your kids. I don't know. We <laughs> just hang in there. I don't know. You know, we've been telling them that for six weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know from the day of the shutdown, I had that. And I should have composed myself better when I walked in the room after I got told that it was, you know, we we're going to get delayed. And, and it seemed like every news article came out, the kids would hit me up. Hey coach, what does that mean? I'm like, guys, just hold on. So we don't know yet. It don't, you know, yeah. it was a good learning experience and learning like, okay, we got to trust what sources we're reading here. 
because yeah, yeah, exactly. don't go reading every little thing you got guys that's that is, that's a good point <laughs> the tough part for us too is that you know it's it's a bunch of different legislative bodies at the college level and you have the school level you have the conference level you have the nca level you have the region level and before the nca level so all those different groups are trying to make decisions and you know, with this deal, there's just not a lot of knowing what it's going to be like, what it's going to look like. So it's, we're in this kind of, you know, half open the door, peek out, like what's going to happen here. You know, just <laughs> not sure what might happen on a given day. But I, I think the best part that, that I've taken away from a lot of this now is, is just us as baseball coaches are so flexible, you know, that especially in the Northwest, because we have the weather, we have the rain, you know, we pick it up and we try another day. You know, we're pretty resilient in that standpoint, but, you know, I, I, you feel for the kids and, and I know all, all of us in this room right now, are feeling bad for those guys who didn't get their last opportunity for the juniors that were, you know, breaking on the scene. They're trying to earn their role and, and maybe get some college looks and those type of things. You know, you, you hope for those guys to get back in it because, you know, we have it in our blood that we're going to keep doing it, whatever we can, when we can, but um, the kids are obviously the ones that are getting, you know, opportunities to build friendships and, and experience highs and lows that, that this game presents to us. And right now they're just not getting those opportunities and it's really hard to, hard to live through, but hopefully in time we can make up for it. And, and I know all of us will do a really good job at, at, at keeping them moving forward. Right. Right. Hey, Banter fans, this is Jake Chandler from Capitol High School in Boise, Idaho. And you are listening to the Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter Podcast. Go Eagles. All right, coach, we're going to move into our seventh inning stretch portion of this, of our podcast. You know, it's, we have lots of banter, lots of talking, and, and I know that you have a story to tell. And, and I've heard this story when you talk to the clinic, and it's something that I feel is so important for our listeners, and I'm so excited for them to be able to hear the story. But please walk us through the inspiration to your program. What drives okay. you guys every yeah. day? Yeah, um, <clears throat> so – you're going to have to excuse me if I get a little emotional telling this, um, but, I'm, but I'm, I, I am happy to do it and share it. Um, in 2013, uh, my, my son Jake and I were coming home from Montana visiting family, and uh, we, we hit a patch of ice, and the truck ended up going into the Columbia River, and uh, I wasn't able to get Jake out. And he, he, he passed away that night. It was, uh, it was New Year's Eve. 2012 actually um and so you know that that was kind of coming right up to coming back home to get ready to start baseball and you know obviously I was I was devastated my my family was devastated I, I didn't know where I was going with things um and I, I don't remember a lot to be honest with you the, the first two or three weeks or so after it happened um but what I do remember other than, you know, family being very supportive and close friends being there for me, but right behind them was my high school players. The way they reached out to me and were there for me, um, my assistant coaches that, you know, you talk a lot about the baseball family. And um, I, I, that was, that was a moment where it was so present they, they were, they were there for me. And these guys, they were as devastated as I was. Jake was, at the field that was his you know since he was probably four years old he was at practices and at games and um you know probably the hardest part for me once I did get back to coaching was after games it wasn't whether we won or lost the game but when that game was over Jake came out onto the field and he was he didn't care if we won or lost he was so excited to be out there and high-fiving the players and and you know most of the time after a game I had Jake sitting by my side or he was in my arms as I'm talking to the kids um and so that was that the, the, after games is when I really struggled because I, I, I missed that piece of it. But just getting back to it all, you know, I, I didn't know if I was going to coach. Um, we'd had a, a, you know, a very successful program. We'd won a couple state titles and, and I knew that team was going to be really good, but I was, I'd kind of lost my way. And those kids, they carried me. You know, I decided, um, I sat down with my wife and my, my older daughter at that time. And they said, dad, this is, you got to coach. This is who you are. It's what you do. And I think the thing that really pushed me is I remember my daughter Riley saying, this is what Jake would want. He would want you to coach. 
And when I heard that, I, I knew. I knew I needed to do it. And um, we started up and, you know, I talked to the kids right away. I said, Here, here's the deal, man. You guys all knew Jake. You loved him. I, I don't want you to, to be scared to talk about him. I don't want you to uh, be scared to talk about your little brother who was friends with him because you think it's going to hurt me. So the worst thing I would want is for people to forget him. And, and the kids did, man. They, they carried Jake's spirit. Jake had a saying, and it's kind of been been the saying that rallied that team but it's kind of our program now he used to he used to get up every morning and I don't know where he got it from but he, he'd say today is going to be my best day and he, he, he I mean like all the time he would say that in the mornings and um he, he must have said it to other people too I don't even know who first latched onto it but that kind of became kind of the rally behind behind Jake um, and then he, I wear number nine in baseball. So he always liked to wear number nine. So they came up with a little, little logo that says Jake nine and, uh, kind of had that quote, but well, they, you know, they put the patches on our jerseys that said Jake nine and, um, believe it or not, our booster club actually had the Jake nine logo put in the turf field oh, wow. it, it's still there now. So it's in front of both dugouts. So, you know, I mean, his, his spirit is so strong and present there. Um, it, it's really cool. And, and another really cool thing that happened is all the teams in the three rivers league wore the patchy also that year, which was, wow. which was cool. So um, it was, you know, again, I, I don't know that I make it, I make it through that whole thing, you know, obviously without my, my, my wife and daughter, my family was my rock for me, but, but those kids, you know, they, 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 that was, that was my place to kind of, you guys know how it is in baseball. You get between those lines and it's your place to get away. And, and for me, it was a place to get away, but I also felt so lifted up and supported by my players. And it was, um, you know, all year long, you know, you know how you're, you're constantly checking in with you. Hey, how you doing, man? You okay? It was total <laughs> 180. The kids were coach. How you doing? You okay? You know, and they're, they, they cared so much. It was so cool to see them be able to take that role and, 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 you know, and help me through it. Um, so it was that, that part of it, you know, that family part, I think was huge. Um, you know, the other piece that was big for me is I, is another piece where I felt like I needed to do it is, um, you know, one of the reasons I think baseball is such a good thing is it teaches so much life lessons. You know, there's a lot of failure in baseball. There's a lot of adversity that strikes. And so I felt like for me to be able to go out there and coach, and, you know, having been dealt, I think maybe the, the worst thing that could happen to somebody and to, to, to work through that adversity and, you know, I'll never say the words move on, but to move forward and fight through it. I thought it was important for the kids to see me do that. Um, and to hear some of the things that they shared later, you know, the fact that I did come out and do that and, and they talked about, you know, adversity in their life and how they can handle it. And, you know, now seven years later, I've had kids come back and, and just talk about that. Say, you know what, this is what happened to me. And I saw what you did, coach, and I knew I could do it. And those types of things, you know, it's that, 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 that's been awesome for me to, to be able, has nothing to do with winning and losing. It's, it, it was a huge life lesson that we could all learn together through, through baseball and, and through life. And so it was, it was pretty cool that we were able to do that. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I would never wish it on anybody, but I think with everything, you know, there, there's, there's some silver lining around it. There's some positives that have come out of it for sure. You know, what, what keeps coming back to my mind here, coach, is, is that it's much bigger than baseball. And I know that, you know, our job, yeah, we're, we're coached, hired, we're, we're to, to win games and whatnot. But if we don't develop people into becoming great people, and having life lessons throughout the game of baseball, then what are we doing as coaches? Yeah, exactly. And that's, um, I think that kind of, I'd always kind of had that mentality, but I think I changed a lot as a coach after this happened. And, and I know like the relationships with the players, you always have that relationship with this is my third baseman and he's got a good arm and this kind of thing. And he's funny, but now he became, this, you know, this kid, and I know him on a personal level, and I know who he is, and who his mom and dad is, and his family, mm -hmm. and I know that he struggles with, um, 
schoolwork or he's he's got problems you know a little bit socially or, or you know you, you get to know your kids a little bit more and, and try to help them and fight through those things um you know for me I, I i had a lot of anxiety after that happened and had to obviously have some counseling and one of the big things i've noticed is to be able to sit down with a kid and share what happened and say i needed to go to counseling and i needed that help and for a kid I think there's a stereotype out there sometimes where kids think, oh, you know, people who go to counseling, that's weak, that's weird or whatever. And for them to hear from somebody say, no, man, it's, it's there to help you. Um, that, that, that's been, that's been big, but, you know, to kind of get back to what you're saying, it's, I think the relationships have become much more on a personal level and really getting to know them. And it's for me, I think a lot of coaches, I'm sure you guys feel the same way. What, what I love is after you coach a kid, when they come back, you know, they get mm-hmm. out or they, they show up at the game. And I tell my guys, Hey, you're, you're not a fan. If you show up at the game, get your butt in the dugout. You're, you're, <laughs> you're part of the family and you'll always be. So we'll have some games. We got five or six alumni guys standing on the bench behind us. And I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. You know, coach that that's so good to hear that because I'll be coaching that third base box and we have a four foot fence kind of, runs out from the dugout all the way out to the left field and those guys will come up and they'll lean over that fence and then you know first you got your back towards them you know you're focused on the game giving your signs and like someone was like coach coach or you turn around what are you doing here you know get your butt in the dugout you know you give them a hug and and you appreciate those guys so much and uh you know I, I think a lot coach too you know this whole COVID thing you know going through this you know and and, and man I got some guys who are just they're kind of down in the dumps, you know, and you got people in society, they're just saying, Oh, it's going to get bad. This is going to be, this is, it's going to get much worse or second wave. This, all these negatives. And, you know, I think through life lessons and just think through life, we can take a negative, throw that out and make it positive. I mean, there's so much here. I mean, just hearing your story here about Jake just gets me jacked to say, you know what, there is going to be better days. You know, we are going to have those one, but days are going to be bad. We're going to, we have a pandemic in this country, but we will have better days. Baseball will come back. We will have the opportunity to be on the field. And, you know, and then things I think we just appreciate that much greater for what we've had before. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, for sure. I mean, you know, like, like I said, baseball is a lot about dealing with adversity and, and, you know, how you respond to things. And I, I, a couple of weeks ago, we had done a fundraiser before, kind of right at the beginning of the season and part of the fundraiser, the kids earned some prizes and stuff. And, um, you know, it had been sent to my house and I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in my truck and I'm just going to go around and deliver this to the guys. And I'm going to follow the rules and keep my distance and that, but just to see them and say hi. And, um, one of my senior kids, I, I dropped his stuff off and we were, you know, from a distance, we were talking. I said, you know, how, how are you doing really, man? You can tell me. And he said, I'm not going to lie. Coach, this sucks. He goes, this is hard. He goes, this line stuck with me he said but I know we're going to get through it he said you taught us how to do that wow and it kind of I, I, it kind of set me back and I was just like wow wow you know and I know he was kind of referring to even though it's been seven years he was referring to how we fought through my battle with Jake and everything and I was just like seven years later dealing with that's been able here here it is seven years and, and it's helping this kid deal with COVID which is, is crazy but it was and that was, you know, it's pretty cool that that's happening. Yeah, you mentioned earlier just about how much of a release this game can be. You talked about being between the lines, you know, that everyone's got issues and problems that they deal with, whether that's schoolwork, it's a girlfriend, it's a parent, it's a relative, uh, whatever it might be. But the nice thing is we have that separation piece to be able to step on the field, let everything out for – two, three, four hours of the day right. and then handle that problem at another point in time, you know, and, and I think from our perspective, it's really, I don't want to say easy, but it's really apparent to see the guys that are struggling with other things based on how they're doing with a given day. You know, you got the guys that practice really well, or maybe the guys that are somewhere in between, but when they start doing things out of the ordinary, you know, we're not running hard, you know, really hanging their head after an error or a mistake it really flips on that red flag that this guy might be dealing with something that I need to give some attention to, you know, because he's not at his best right now. He's not his normal self. Um, so 
it's not necessarily a good thing, but I think our roles as, as leaders to be able to be that kind of support circle for them. Um, you talk about the kind of that fear of counseling or the fear of act, asking for help. But I, I think from our perspective, we're very in tune to, to how our players are on a daily basis that, you know, we know when something isn't right and the time to, to step in on the side after practice away from the team to allow that guy to open up with you to, to share the stuff that he's dealing with and ultimately try to find some perspective to allow him, you know, to move forward and not feel like he's going to make himself uh, embarrassed by, by saying something in the greater good, but, you know, allowing them to use that voice and, and using us as a soundboard is one of the best tools that we have as individuals and coaches. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, you know, everything you said there was spot on. I think it's, a big part of that is building that trust with the kids where they, you know, a, a lot of it, you know, back in the days, you, and we all had those coaches who you talked about, you, you're having a tough time. You're not yourself and they're on your butt. They're chewing, you know, things have changed a little bit now. And it's like, if you can build that relationship where they trust you and you can say, you know, I need you to do this. What's going on. Can, you know, is there something going on? Cause I want to be here for you. And, and for them to be able to open up and talk to you, that's huge. Cause you know, a lot of times kids don't, you know, they don't even have mom and dad who can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it's, that's important. What, you know, one of the other things kind of on that same topic, when everything happened with Jake, um, I got a letter from a guy. He was a, he was a, a doctor, a surgeon somewhere on the Oregon coast. I, I had no idea who he was, but he, you know, my, the story was in the paper. And so he wrote me this letter and, and, you know, just was saying he was, um, you know, just impressed with how we're handling things and stuff. And, and he, somewhere in there, he wrote, he said, you know, I I love how you're, you're still there with your kids, your baseball kids and responding to them. And he said, you know, make sure you tell those guys that you love them because you may be the only one telling them that. Mm. And that again, some guy, I have no idea who he is, but that struck with me. And I started that year before we take the field, we get in our huddle or like right before we get on the field, I tell the kids two things. I say, Hey, number one, good luck today and know that I love you. And I make sure I say it to him every day. And a lot of it was, you know, the emotion with Jake and being super tight with that group. But I, I started adding it because of that guy's letter, him telling me that I thought, you know what, I need to make sure I do do this. It's, it's pretty cool. And so, you know, you don't hear people say those things a lot. And I like, you know, in our program, our kids are, they're cool with saying that. I like it. That's, you know, I, I had that same, you know, when I, my growing as a coach, right. You know, starting the young guy and the, the, it seems like everybody goes on that journey. And I heard that, you know, Tommy love him. So I did it and they didn't believe me because I didn't truly buy into it. Right. So that's what I want to, you know, if there's a coach listener right now, don't just say it because, because coach is saying to say, mean it because when you mean it, you'll see when they're like, coach, you you really, you do. And, and you will see, them grow so much as a kid and a baseball player all at the same time. You're right. And you're, you're right. And they'll, they'll know it. They'll, um, they'll know when it's real and when yeah. you're just playing it, you know, and you bring up that point of there's coaches listening. Here's the other big one for me. When you're having that talk with your kids, take your sunglasses off. We coach mm-hmm. with sunglasses a lot, mm-hmm. take the glasses off and let them see in your eyes and, and they're going to see what's behind it and that you mean it. I, I, somebody gave me that advice a while back and I always make sure that, you're having that heart to heart, take the sunglasses off and let them see in your eyes. And, and they're going to really know that you mean, you know, coach, there's always a slogan I came up with years ago and I, I don't even, it wasn't something I've heard, but I, I always believe this is I think the windows or the eyes are the window to your heart. What I mean by that, when you look into somebody's eyes, you can tell the truth. If they're lying or they're telling the truth, if they love you or they love you not. And I think about, we're talking about all your returning players coming in, hanging out in the dugout. You know, the first thing I do when I let those guys to that gate is I give them a hug and they return that, you know? And, and I think that, you know, you think, yeah, if, we measure a lot as coaches on our wins and losses in life, right? You, you know, oh, he's a 600, man, he was a great coach. I, I would love it to see a stat, to see how many of your returning players are coming back and watching you, you coach and, and seeing the guys that, are playing for that program and, and they were with you back in say 2010, 2011, you know, eight, nine years ago, um, you know, and, and show that you know, number. Cause I think that if we have enough guys that are coming back 
in that sense, I feel like we're doing, that we're winning the game, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think you're right. And even if they're not coming back, they're staying in contact with you. I was at, yeah. The, yeah. Right. I was at the ABCA this year and I heard a guy say this and he said, um, make them want to invite you to their wedding. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, that's cool. That, that's a, you know, you, you know, if, if you're getting invited to their weddings that you really were somebody important to them in their life. And um, I, th- I thought that was kind of a cool that's way cool. to look at it. You're, you're right. This was, my, this was the first year that I got invitations because they're got the wedding now. invite. That's awesome. And, but they're all right in the middle of July or June. Yeah, exactly. And they're all getting postponed. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's but tough. you're right. I mean, that was such a, that was so cool just to think yeah. that guy thought enough of me to even think about me in that aspect. And I just, I, yeah, I think that's he so cool. Coach to be there on, on a big day for him. That's cool. You know, you know that you made a connection with that guy. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Coach, one last question. If, if, uh, you know, if once, once this thing gets, gets through for your time at Clackamas, you know, what, what, what do you want your lasting impression to be? What do you want people to kind of remember your time there? Or, or what are your biggest goals and things that you wish to accomplish before your run is, is, is over at where you're at at Clackamas right now? Well, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, but I, I like it. It would, it, it would be nothing to do with, with wins and losses or how many state titles I um One of the big things I preach to my guys is, is being first class. Um, I want them to be first class on the field, obviously, but off the field in the classroom, um, you know, just everything they do. I want them to be a classy person, be first class. And I say it to the parent group too. You know, I want, when people talk about Clackamas baseball, that's what I want them to say is it's a, that's a first class program from the way the coaches conduct themselves, the players, the parents, everybody. So for me, that's all I'd want is, you know, for people to say he ran a classy program. They, they, they did things right. It was first class. Um, you know, my, my goal is to leave it better than I found it, but it, it's not, you know, he won 400 games or whatever this many, you know, just ran, ran a classy program and cared a lot about his kids. Um, and hopefully whether I'm at Clackamas or I leave and move on those relationships, they're still going to be there. That's awesome coach. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to come on and talk with us and, and we just were so excited that you were able to be a part of the Fungo Banter family. I appreciate it. This is a cool thing you guys are doing. We we need more of this stuff in, in the Pacific Northwest with baseball. So you guys are, I love it. Continue to promote baseball out here and doing this. You've had, I saw the list. I feel honored to be part of it. You've had some pretty, some pretty big, big time names on here. <laughs> I'm not sure why you wanted to have a, a guy, a high school guy from Oregon, but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, we definitely just added one more big time name coach. So well, I I don't know if I deserve that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate you. So thank you. Uh, hopefully you stay safe and we get back to baseball here sooner and later. All right, guys. Good luck. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. All right, Fungo Banter fans, we're in the bullpen to wrap this thing up. After, and we need to live stream this next time, a pretty intense game of rock, paper, scissors. I didn't finish last, but didn't finish first. So you'll find out that order here soon. How about Jason? Well, you lead us off here. Here's the thing, Sorensen. Uh, it always helps when you have a glitch in the system. <laughs> so when you, you kind of like has laid my hand before you pulled yours down there. So I don't know, gal. What do you think, dude? I mean, you, you're kind of maybe, I don't know. Man, no, no response here. Yeah, I right. needed the competition in my life. So thank you. Yeah. Hey guys. These are today. like things. <laughs> Guys, uh, I think today was fantastic having John, you know, not only being the first high school, Oregon high school, you know, baseball head coach being on with us, uh, you know, it's almost like the, the the complete the trifecta, right? You know, and now we got Washington, you got Idaho, and now you got Oregon. But, you know, one, one big key thing that really stood out to me, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff John had to say. And, and it was, I'll tell you what, it was there a little bit when he was talking to Jake, man. I think about my eight, eight-year-old son and uh that relationship and man that hit me hard but uh um you know a big thing is fundraising you know that's something new that we haven't talked about a lot guys um you know i think about when we built our facility in in 16 what it took to do and and, you know that when people start seeing things being put up uh, i think about when we started seeing the uprights of the folds getting put up and they were getting craned in and we were 
kind of getting that that day done. I there was people stopping in and and they were just in awe, you know, and 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 there was a lot of emails and phone calls of how can we help and you know when you see something um, and and you know the reality becomes more real, you know, and you're yeah, more is your tendency to see, you know, for people to really jump in and, and see what they can do and the sacrifice they're willing to make for something the betterment of someone else is is tremendous. And I think that what John's done there at Clackamas and, and the first year raising 60000 and going to ninety, I mean, putting lights and turf, I mean, that's phenomenal. Not um, a lot of schools um, in the Northwest have that. You know, I know, Eric, you're doing a great job of getting some turf in there. And I don't even have anything close to what you got, man, but uh, – you know, it just takes hard work and dedication. And, and I think that's, it's, it's a due credit to what John's doing within his facilities. Um, but also it's a reflection of his team. And that I think is why they've done so well for so many years and they continue to do well. So I, I think it's, uh, you know, putting that hard work in as coaches uh, has, you know, um, a good return in that. It's important. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool sign. And, and uh, this is a weird thing that I do when I travel and, and my wife, I married, she's from the West side. So I've been going over there quite a bit, seeing things. And I've always kind of contributed what a town looks like to like, there's certain towns you go through and you're like, this is, there's, there's pride here. There's pride in their community and pride in their school. And you can tell that. And it's awesome. And I, th- and I went to a few football games over there this year and you're like this, if my kids could go to school, it's here because I take pride in what they do. And I think a lot of that is having, and you know, we've, we've teamed up with our softball program at Kittitas. We've, we've, created a booster club in the last year. We call it the kid has diamond club because of, you know, title nine stuff. So we, we could do things together. And mm-hmm. I think it's having the mentality of why not? And then having a good goal and plan and having the right people leading you in the way. And you can get good stuff like that. You know, when, when I told guys and people in our community, like we started this project three years ago that we're going to have a turf batting cage and a turf bullpen. And now we have turf walk up lanes and we're going to have a halo done this weekend Everybody looked at me, and I think there's a mentality a little bit here of like, nah, you're not. That's why would we, we can't do that. Well, why not? Uh, when they don't have an answer for you, and then you do things the right way, you know, have a goal in mind. Don't think you're going to do it all at once, but set. I've set phase one. Phase one's finished for us. Now we're planning phase two of what we want to add to our program. And and you know, I was, I was really excited that he got to tell the story about his son because I feel like it is something that's so powerful, and something that I'm not even going to to you know, try to claim that I know what he went through, but he, to see someone come through that, that's just such a powerful thing in my opinion, because I couldn't even imagine going through that. You know, we lost our bat boy. Um, uh, he was, his brother was on our team and he passed away and he, this was going to be his senior year. Actually, that just hit me right now. And uh, I, I still remember the morning waking up, I'd gone to bed early and I got the phone call the night, that night from everybody that, Hey, he had passed away. And, and given a, given a eulogy or, or talking at a kid's a young kid's funeral. That's not an easy thing to do. And, uh, you know, props to coach for, for battling and, and so happy that he had the family that he did to get him through that. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of, you know, we've, we've done this in the past and probably haven't done it in a couple of years, probably do for it, but we, we talk about the why, you know, whether it's a player or a coach and, and the why is your purpose for, where you're at and, 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 and how you got there. You know, we all have a reason for what got us to where we are at right now. Um, and we all have different things that keep us moving forward in what we're doing. Um, and a lot of that is, is the why, you know, and, and for me personally, it was, um, you know, just never wanting to get away from the game, you know, and didn't really have a ton of opportunities to, to move on to college baseball out of high school, I just kept moving forward just because I didn't want to get out of it, you know, and, and, and kind of those ups and downs and, and getting what, you know, it, taking whatever was in front of me was, was what kept, kept me pushing forward. You know, we all have different other impacts that happen while we're in it that keep us moving forward, you know, because eventually certain things might die out, a certain passion might die out in you. And then there's something else that kind of lights that fire that sparks you to get back moving forward um, where you're at. And, and I think, with the shutdown right now, it's driving a lot of us because you just took away something that is a huge part of our lives. It's day to day. It's every single day. Um, so that's going to be even more important as we move forward um, because players have now seen what happens when baseball gets taken away from them. Um, and it, it sucks for guys that can't continue and have that last opportunity. But 
for the ones that do have an opportunity to move forward, they, they understand what happens when this gets taken away. And, and I think their why might change a little bit and their drive might change a little bit on, on a daily basis. And um, a lot of what we talked about too, in that, that year of, of coach Garland's passing um, was just about, you know, taking every day and, and really running with it, you know, cause not knowing what might happen, you know, and, and, and it was tough to, to fathom that at that point in time. But I think the biggest t- takeaway that, that we tried to do was, was just to be a great person, um, you know, wave at someone randomly, you know, help someone out of door, the little things that, that can really help someone out that might be dealing with something that uh, you have no idea that it's happening, some random stranger on, on the street. And if you can be a great person within society, um, you know, you're contributing to the well-being of, of those around you. Um, and and I, I think it resonated with quite a few guys. And, um, you know, because you never know what, what other people are going through at any given time. And, um, you know, just being a great person, helping out society in general um, is a great path moving forward. And, and especially now, there's a lot of people dealing with, with loss of job and loss of life. And, um it's going to be even more important to pull together as a, as a, not only a baseball community, but a general community overall. And, and we can be a great impact for that as baseball people, knowing the lessons that we get to teach on a day-to-day basis. You know, guys, just thinking here, just kind of like what Sheeps was talking about on, um, on Friday with us, you know, that each person that interacts with them, you know, it's, it's just one step better to improving himself. You know, you're making me better, you know, just like you guys do for me and, and just to add to that, you know, having, you know, coach on, you know, today and talking about, you know, his son and, and his program, and he just, he made me today that much, one step better as a, as a coach and as a person, because just, it's, it's those reminders that we need to constantly not forget. And I think about when he was telling his story that, you know, he's talking about his son and I have an eight-year-old son at home myself and. And, uh, you know, I just think about, you know, anything's possible in life and you could, you don't want to take that time for granted. And, you know, I, I, I think it's amazing. It, it, it's, you know, he's talking about his story and impacting one of his players, you know, that, you know, coach, you've always taught, taught us to continue to press forward. And you guys, you know, when, before we had John on, you know, I told him, you know, check his story out online and he's got a powerful story. And, um, when I was informed and I first kind of met him, well, I was, infor- you know, told about him. I kind of did some research online and checked him out. And uh, I came across that story. And, you know, so I was telling you guys earlier that I was upstairs in our bonus room. And I watched this story as I'm reading the story and, and watching some of the YouTube videos about his, you know, just pressing forward. I just, I broke down and cried because it's just like, you know, we're going to have days we're going to be tough. You know, it's just life. But it's the way we react to them is, is the way, we're, we're, you know, it's true testament of who we are as people, you know, and it's not going to be that it's going to be easy. But the thing is, is that, you know, a lot of times we don't realize, and I think as coaches, you know, we were, we're impacting those that are on the field. But you ever thought about the people that were impacting off the field? Maybe the people that aren't always interacting with us, that are always, you know, um, calling us coach, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I know John is impacting a lot more people than he actually thinks. And I, I I'm, I'm just encourage and applaud him for continuing to press forward and in the manner that he's doing and just, man, the energy the guy has. I mean, you, you all, all want to play for a coach like that. And so I, I think it's just for all our listeners and, and just for ourselves and, you know, for myself is it's just a, a, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to keep, going through and, and even if I'm, I'm having a bad day I'm not going to take for granted my time but uh, you know that you're exactly right Kelly just you're the betterment to society to those around you just because that guy put the eggs on the on the bottom and the cans on on top you know and you only have two do- you know two good eggs out of the dozen doesn't mean you go and choose rear end out maybe he's got something going on maybe his mom and dad didn't tell him he loved him and all he wanted is to say hey man I love you and here's a hug <laughs> you know and so I, I think that we Look at those importance um, and the impact that we're going to have around those around us, not only in the game, but outside the game. Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, we, the other thing is recognizing that, you know, we, 
we talk about these things and we practice them, but you know, we're not perfect, but it's, it's goes back to things in life. When you're, when you're frustrated, it's realizing your yellow light. Like we talked about in our kids and getting back to it. Cause you know, nobody's perfect, but it's having each other's back. I think is the key. Well, wraps up another episode of our Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter podcast. Check us out on Facebook, Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter. On Twitter, at Fungo Banter PNW. I will be getting that tweet out, but there's going to be some swag here, giveaways. So keep keep a look on everything. And, you know, please get on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. Please get on there, subscribe, rate, and review. The more you guys do that, uh, the more we can get this out to a neighbor neighbor that might need to hear it we got the tunes rolling again fellas thank you again for joining us take care of one another stay healthy let's get back to baseball <laughs>